This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. London Stock Exchange Group is here to be your essential global markets infrastructure and data partner, where open isn't just a platform, but a philosophy, giving you the freedom to make your mark in the world. LSEG. Open makes more possible. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Marishka's in Crest Hill, Dr. Squatch Soap Company, and by Fry the Coop. Here are your hosts, NBC Chicago's James Naveau and 670 The Scores hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. Let's drop the puck. Welcome in, friends, to what is another emergency edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Naveau from NBC5 Chicago. With me, of course, as always, is the one and only Jay Zawoski of 670 The Score of the I'm Fat Podcast. Of, I believe he's the commissioner of the Homewood Baseball Association or something. I believe that's also a thing he's famous for. Nope. And, of course, he's a bestselling author with the Big 50, his great Blackhawks book, Jay. All of those wonderful adjectives are probably the only positive things we're going to be able to say today because it's another day and another Blackhawk out for the foreseeable future. Jonathan Taves is going to miss some significant time with an unidentified medical issue. (sighs) This is tough, man. This this is like the hardest podcast to start that we've had just because it's such a freaking bummer and there's so much uncertainty in – aside from even just worrying about the hockey aspect of this, you just worry about him as a person in his health like this, this royally sucks. Yes, there is no, actually, wait, there is a little bit of a silver lining. One of the big problems we had on last night's emergency podcast about Kirby doc was what are we going to do with David camp? There's no spot for him. Well, all of a sudden there's a spot for David camp. Maybe as your number two center. Yeah, that's the kind of week it's been in Blackhawks land. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. This will be another shorty podcast. Follow us on Twitter at MadhousePod, Instagram Madhouse underscore pod. We're on Facebook and email us MadhousePod at gmail.com. And don't forget our merchandise shop, MadhousePodMerch.com, powered by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris, 708-478-6090. Look, if this season wasn't going to be bad enough, this is a big of a blow as you can possibly imagine. And I said to you last night, James, what would you feel worse about? Patrick Kane missing the season or a Kirby Doc missing the season? <laughs> and now we've got the name that I just, you know, I I've sort of flipped a coin when I thought Taves or Kane on uh, which one to say. The statement by Jonathan Taves. I'm going to read it. I usually do these things poorly, but I'm going to take my time uh, and, and try to do the best I can. This is a, a statement from Blackhawks captain Jonathan Taves. This offseason, I've been experiencing symptoms that have left me feeling drained and lethargic. I'm working with doctors so I can better understand my condition until I get my health back to a place where I feel I can perform at an elite level and help my team. I will not be joining the Blackhawks for training camp. I do not have a timetable for when I will rejoin the team. 
I'm extremely disappointed, but it wouldn't be fair to myself or my teammates to attempt to play in my current condition. <sighs> so that's that. That's the statement on the condition. Of course, he goes on to say how he's disappointed and thanks the Blackhawks for their support. What troubles me most about this, James, is the lack of an answer. And I'm not saying that I need an answer, but it feels like Jonathan Taves and the Blackhawks don't have an answer as to what is going on with Jonathan Taves. And the mind can wander to some pretty dark places when you hear news like this. And I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about how Jonathan Taves must be feeling. And my first thought when I read that statement was recalling Brian Bickle sort of mm-hmm. retracing the steps to his MS diagnosis. And just I'm putting this saying this right now. I'm not guessing anything for Jonathan Taves. I'm not saying it's MS. I don't know what it is. No one seems to know what it is. I don't think Jonathan Taves seems to know what it is. But that's where my mind went was like these symptoms are very troubling to me. Drained, lethargic. That's exactly sort of what Brian Bickle was describing when he went down. And don't think that that is not in the back of the mind of Jonathan Taves too. And that's terrifying. Look, for the impact this is going to have on the ice, I'm more concerned at this point about Jonathan Taves' future as a person, as a you know potential father, as a husband, as a whatever, going forward that he's going to have health for the rest of his long life. When, when someone this young in this peak physical condition goes through something like this, it's absolutely terrifying. And um, boy, I hope they get an answer for Jonathan Taves. And, and really, hockey aside, just get better, man. That That's really my main concern at this point. Yeah, that was kind of the the one thing I was kind of taking away from his statement and the way the Blackhawks were discussing it is maybe a way to give me a little bit of hope as they're still talking about him coming back and contributing, obviously, to the organization. I do feel like that's going to be, you know, if he can come back and play hockey, that's fantastic. And obviously, we would very much welcome that news with open arms. It would mean that he's healthy. It means that he's good. All of that stuff is kind of what we're rooting for right now, but... I do have to say that when I first heard the news, that was the exact reaction I had as well, was the Brian Bickle situation. And it just is something that I think is on the minds of a lot of Blackhawks fans. Whenever we hear about these types of things happening with a professional athlete, we can always look back to that and say, yikes, like that's something that, you know, like you said, just kind of lurking in the back of his mind and everybody else's mind. I had seen a few people as well say that maybe this was something COVID related. I would think that if it was, I think knowing Jonathan Taves and knowing how vocal of an activist he is, I do think that he would have come out and said that he had had COVID and this could potentially be complications from it just as a way to, you know, again, encourage people to take it seriously, to social distance, to wear masks and all that stuff. I think that there is probably genuine concern on the part of the Blackhawks and obviously genuine concern on the part of Jonathan Taves that he doesn't know what's going on. That's just, God, you put yourself in his shoes, and it's just it's so frightening. And all we can hope for at this point is that Jonathan Taves and the Blackhawks and their medical team figure this out, get him sorted out. The big thing at the end of the day is I just want him to be healthy, just like I want for every other guy, you know, whether or not they can strap the skates on and get back out on the ice. I just want them to be healthy when they're done playing. And it really – it sucks, and I feel so, so bad for Jonathan Taves and for his family. No doubt. And your point about COVID is well taken. And not only, um, you know, the fact that Taves would probably use that as an opportunity to send some sort of message to the public, like you said, I also think that it would clear up a lot of speculation 
for the Hawks. I think they'd be, I don't, this is the wrong word, but I think it would make things easier for them if it was COVID because they could just say, yep, you know, he caught it a couple months ago, still hasn't really been feeling great, and he's being treated for I think that sort of eases everybody's mind just based on the percentages and sort of what we know about it and his age and health. That's something he'll probably be able to bounce back from. The fact that they are not saying that to me indicates to me pretty clearly that that's not what it is. But what sucks about it is it it opens the door for speculation. And that's been one of my criticisms of the Blackhawks for a long time is anytime they have a star player going through something, it feels like the rumor mill processes the whole thing first and then the Hawks react. They were a little faster to it today. I think the statement came out around 1045, 11 a.m. Um, after things kind of get out um, overnight. Uh, it just it just when you've got fans on social media speculating that, oh, he's got A, B, C, D, E, or, oh, he just, I saw some people saying he just hates Jeremy Calton, doesn't want to play for Jeremy Calton, or he's pissed about Crawford going, like, that stuff's ridiculous. Like, get that out of here right away. There's nothing in Jonathan Taves' personality that would indicate that he's going to pout because a player on his team was dealt or not re-signed or whatever. That, that, that's not Jonathan Taves. And if you call yourself a Blackhawks fan, you know that. If that was Jonathan Taves, if that's exactly what this was, is him having some sort of pouting fit, which, again, it's absolutely not. Your anger should be with Taves, not with Stan Bowman and Jeremy Cowden. That would be ridiculous. But I just, there's so much nonsense floating out there about this thing. And I, I wish, and I think the Hawks probably wish they could say more, too. In this particular situation, though, I don't think they know more, and I don't think they can say more because they just simply don't know what they're doing with yet. Yeah, and it's obviously it's entirely incumbent on whether Jonathan Taves feels comfortable to share whatever the diagnosis ends up being. I think that that's well within his rights, and if he doesn't want to publicize whatever it ends up being, I think that he shouldn't. I don't think he should have to. I think that – you know, Blackhawks fans are obviously not uh, – they're not entitled to know exactly what's going on with Jonathan Taves. And I think it's just probably for the best if all of us just sit here and just send whatever prayers, good vibes, whatever we can to a fellow human being who's dealing with something that's truly scary. Like, it's always so frightening to have to deal with a medical condition that you don't know what it is. I know that we've all had – members of our families who have potentially gone through something like this where mm-hmm. something is very clearly wrong with them and they doctors cannot figure out what it is, that feeling of powerlessness is terrifying. And if, if we could all just put ourselves in Jonathan Taves' shoes and just imagine what that feels like, I think that these discussions about you know what's wrong with him, these insane conspiracy theories about him hating Jeremy Colleton or whatever, all of that would just feel so, so silly if we all just showed some empathy and just like put ourselves in those shoes. And really all I can say about it in the end is that I just want Jonathan Taves to be healthy. The hockey thing is completely secondary to that. And I just, I hope he gets some closure and some details soon. Yeah. And I will say this too. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of people, and I think you and I are included in this, that have been frustrated with the way the Blackhawks front offices run things. We're displeased with Stan Bowman's recent performance. I think most Hawks fans are. But I will say, if I was a player going through something like this, 
there's no other organization I would want to have my back than the Hawks. They take care of their players. They will spare no expense to make sure Jonathan Taves gets the treatment he needs, uh, everything he needs, the support he needs, the time off he needs, whatever. The Blackhawks are going to give it to him without any hesitation, without any second thought. And, um, you know, for all the things that frustrate us about the team's front office and ownership or whatever, just know that the players who play for this organization love it here and they want to be here. And uh, when things like this happen, they know they're in excellent hands. They know they're being taken care of and they will be until things are better or, you know, even when they're not, things will probably be taken care of. So um, that's the good news uh, for Jonathan Taves. He's with the right organization to handle this sort of thing. And that's something growing up that I would never think I would have said about the Blackhawks. <laughs> so uh, kudos to Rocky Wirtz and Danny Wirtz and the whole staff over there. And, and of course, Stan, you got to throw Stan Bowman in there, too, um, for taking care of the person, Jonathan Taves ahead of the player and that's what's important but we do James have to get to the hockey element of this conversation and, first and I'm sure our listeners want to too because it's kind of it's a little bit more lighter, lighter content I guess you would say like yeah. you know instead of having to kind of face thoughts of like mortality and stuff honestly like it, it feels nice to be able to talk about something kind of flippant and silly right now yeah and I should say this too I reached out to a couple sources today before the um you know, the, the press release came out and they were, I was told like, please don't say anything. Um, but I asked, is the situation potentially life threatening and two for two said, no, it's not a life threatening situation as, as far as they know. So that's good news. Um, so that's the little bit of information I was able to sort of pry out this morning, uh, because no one really wants to, when it's something like this, no one really wants to jump out and, and say the wrong thing or misrepresent. But there are people in the organization that know things a little bit ahead of time. This is very similar to the Marion Hosa thing. And we dealt that entire summer with, okay, we knew a member of the core was going to be gone. And we kept speculating, like, okay, who's getting traded? What does that mean? Well, it turned out that Marion Hosa was dealing with that skin condition and had to retire. It's not what anyone expected. But because of patient privacy and all those sort of things, sources can't say anything. Um, and this is a very similar situation. But from what I understand, this is not... Uh, a life-threatening situation for Jonathan Taves, which right. is really, really good. All right, let's get into the hockey stuff first. Uh, just like we did yesterday, I want to tell you quickly about our sponsors. We're going to start today with our original sponsor, Mariska's and Crest Hill, 604 Theodore Street, the Poor Boy, the Yodel Burger, the Twice Baked Potato, the, the Onion Rings, Seafood Chops, Craft Beer Menu when things open back up. Go support these small businesses like Mariska's and Crest Hill, you will love it. If you've not been, you got to try that poor boy the first time you go. Go to marishkas.com or visit facebook.com slash marishkas. Uh, these pickup policies and dine-in policies are always changing, so always best to follow those uh, accounts and see or make a call to find out the best information there. And, of course, want to tell you about our friends at Dr. Squatch Natural Soap Company. Gave my father-in-law his Christmas gift Today, he got a bar of Dr. Squatch Cool Fresh Aloe. That's my favorite bar. He immediately smelled it and said, that smells really, really good. I'm excited to use this, and you'll be too. So go to drsquatch.com, peruse their items there. When you're ready to check out, enter that promo code MADHOUSE20. You'll save 20% on your order at drsquatch.com. Look, it's going to be bad, and I think we just have to sort of strap it down. And I think I'm trying to find some positivity in this and all I can think is now with some top six spots open that they truly do give some of the non you know Hagel, Highmore, Quenville type players 
a bit of a chance. Some of these more offensive-minded guys like Entwistle or Kurashev or some of these kind of guys, some top six minutes. Maybe Pia Suter gets a bigger look than he would have gotten right away and see what you have in terms of talented potential top six forwards because we know what we have with all the bottom six guys. Now the answer is who can possibly in a pinch fill in in the top six? And my fear is it's going to be Brandon Peary. It's going to be John Quenville. It's going to be guys we already know what they are who don't really have too huge of a future in the league. Now's the chance, right? You've got Taves gone. You've got Doc out. You've got Nylander out. And now is an opportunity to play these young guys. Something I've learned, James, in the last 24 hours, and we mentioned it yesterday that that Soderberg was uh, playing a lot on the wing last season because of a wrist injury that was uh, restricting him from taking faceoffs. Unclear whether or not regular center play is really in his future at all because of the wrist, and we won't really know until the season begins, but you might want to start when we're doing the penciling in game you might want to uh, be penciling in Soderberg at a wing spot at this point. So <sighs> that's not great. Well, you've still got, well, I guess we're going to say Dylan Strom's here, right? <laughs> you almost <laughs> have to like, I cannot see a scenario where the Blackhawks are going to feel uh, comfortable trading him away for assets right now, knowing that they basically their center depth has been completely wiped out. Yeah. So your, your center is so far that are still healthy, knock on wood, um, Strom, air quotes, uh, Yanmark, David Camp, uh, Ryan Carpenter, Walmark can play center. Andrew Shaw has played center, but it's been a really long time since he's done that. Brandon Peary can play center in a pinch if he has to. Um, it's, it's just, you know, that's what it's going to be. You're going to have to piecemeal together, you know, four center line, four, four lines using what is mostly, aside from Dylan Strom, bottom six talent. So, look, we, we know this season's going to be a grind, and, and now we're talking about, even we were even before this, but now for sure we're talking bottom of the league sort of record, unless something insane happens, which I can't even begin to fathom at this point. But if, you know, Malcolm Subban or Cowan Delia becomes the next Patrick Waugh, <laughs> maybe we could start <laughs> talking a little bit, but uh, that seems a little bit uh, unlikely it's just it's going to be a grind of a season, and uh, I like I said earlier, I just hope they use this opportunity to evaluate maybe some of the guys who didn't feel like safe NHL call-ups yet because of their youth or inexperience. Now is the time. If there's a prospect you like, give them a look regardless of experience because what's the difference if you lose 4-2 or 6-2? So I did once again today, like kind of piggybacking off what we had done yesterday, I had kind of started to assemble some lines, and I ended up writing a story for NBCChicago.com. So if you want to head on over to the old employer and check out that website, I do have a story up kind of speculating about some of the uh, line combinations and kind of my reasoning. So your top line, which obviously we discussed Dylan Strom. I think they're – obviously they need to get him signed. I think at this point not having him around or trying to trade him, you're just really – further hampering your product and I still think like you said you can get him on a cheap deal you might as well see what you've got with him for the future I think that that's important I now have him penciled in as the top line center on this team and I have once again Alex Debrinkit with him like I did yesterday after the Kirby Doc story broke and then on his right wing assuming that he's healthy coming into training camp and by all accounts he is 
How about Andrew Shaw as your top-line winger with those two guys? Yeah, sure. All right, and then my second line, this is tough because, like you said, Carl Soderberg, we don't know exactly what's going to happen with him, but if you think back to guys like Dave Boland, Artem Anisimov, Michael Hanzus, what do all of those guys have in common? They were solid two-way players who found success with a guy named Patrick Kane. And so I had Soderberg centering the line with Patrick Kane, and then on the other wing, Dominic Kubelik. Okay. And then obviously, if Soderberg can't play, I had a couple other ideas in mind for that second line center, one of which is Pia Suter. I do think that that could be an interesting combination, definitely a scoring threat line if that's the case. And then I also had penciled in Soderberg as a potential option on the wing on the third line. I kind of had him back and forth with Lucas Walmark, depending on what they wanted to do with the line. Then I had Matthias Yenmark at center. And then on the right wing, I actually put Brandon Peary with those two. I thought that a Yanmark walmark Peary line could be kind of interesting if the Blackhawks wanted to go in that direction. And then right now I have David Kampf, Matthew Highmore, and Ryan Carpenter as my kind of fourth line combination and and at that point it's basically like which of these guys is playing well right now and who can play that kind of checking line fourth line role and it just it's so muddled right now down there with all of the different options obviously that left out Brandon Hagel that left out John Quenville I just think with Taves out of the mix now I think the one thing that you had said earlier that really stuck with me is the guys who could potentially get looks at this lineup potentially playing second, third line minutes, your guys like your Mackenzie Entwistles. I think Michael Tepley has a shot at making yeah. this roster. He's already in North America. He's already in the bubble in Edmonton at the World Juniors. You might as well bring him over to training camp and see if you can get something out of him. And I also think this could open the door if the Blackhawks want to take a little bit of a longer shot on a guy like an Evan Barrett or a Philip Kirishev. I know that those guys were both players that I was hoping the Blackhawks would potentially consider putting on their uh, ch- their taxi squad, their six-man taxi squad for this season. I think that those guys could potentially get looks if you're really looking for second, third-line talents. I think both of those guys can fit the bills. So I, I know I went with mostly like kind of a step more established guys in my initial pass at this lineup, but especially in your top six, I feel like that's kind of important at least to start the season with those guys and maybe ease some of the younger guys in but I'm pretty much up and willing to see anything at this point. Well, I'm looking real quick here at uh, Yanmark, Walmark, and Soderberg's face-off numbers from last year. Um, Yanmark only took 69 face-offs last year. He won 44%. (laughs) So nice, nice, but not nice. Um, Walmark took 753 face-offs total. He's right at about 50%. Soderberg took 541 face-offs, but again, that was pre-injury. He won 45.3%. Looking back at the years before that, 2018-19 uh, with Colorado, he took 1,070 face-offs, 49.3%. Uh, but he's been under 50% for the majority of his career, aside from 2016-17, where he was 52%. So um, that that remains a factor, and I hope that Soderberg is an option at center. Um, because, you know, Yamark is pretty limited in his experience there. Yeah, he can do it, but it's not something he's done with a lot of frequencies. So I, I like where your head's at, though, James, with uh, somebody like Tepley. And I've been trying to keep an eye on him during the uh, World Junior Championships. And boy, did you watch the, uh, <laughs> the Slovak and uh, Russia game? 
I did not watch that one. I watched the uh, Czech Republic game against Russia. I did not watch the Slovakia Russia. I'm sorry, I meant Czech Republic. My bad. I did. Um, yes. Yeah, it was tough to watch that because their jerseys were so similar. Yes. It was like so much <laughs> red. I'm like, who's what? And I can't. I couldn't tell anything. But uh, you know, Tepoli looks like a guy who is an NHL player, and he's only 19, but 6'2", 187. He's got some size. Um, that's a guy who maybe they weren't expecting to give a look to, but pr- I promise you, not that they wouldn't have anyway, but they've got a very close eye on his performance at the World Junior Championships. And, and if you're a Hawks fan, you should keep an eye on that too because he's a guy who all of a sudden could be getting a real chance. It's just that's what I want to see. At this point, you know this season is going to be a slog you might as well use it to evaluate. You might as well use it to take a look at some guys. This creates an opportunity for some creativity, for some chances to be taken, and I really hope that's the way the Hawks go with this thing because, like I said, there's really nothing to lose at this point. I do want to bring something up with P.S. Suter and that a lot of these guys that we're talking about potentially getting looks at the Blackhawks roster, like Tepley, Barrett, those guys are both entering year one of their ELC. So they're under, obviously they're under team control for longer than that, but they have three years at kind of those cheaper amounts of money. Does it play into the Blackhawks decision-making at all, knowing that they're going to have to negotiate new contracts after the coming season with both Brandon Hagel and Pia Suter? Like that, that's something that I kind of noticed on cap friendly. And it was something that I kind of was questioning myself about, because if you sign a guy like Suter to a deal that's going to pay him. Yes. It's only going to pay him $925,000. He is also 24 years old and he is also eligible to make some serious bonuses with this contract. That to me may signal that the Blackhawks are really serious about giving him a strong look this season. And if they are, he has to be in contention to be a top six forward at this point, whether you want to play him on a wing or whether you want to play him at center. Yeah, and he is listed as a center. Uh, th- that's what he did uh, in Europe. He was a center there, so he's an option there too. I just feel like it's tough to maybe bring a guy from Europe to the NHL and play him right at center. But look, like we've been saying, just do it. Just see what happens. What do you, you have nothing to lose. And I do look at Suter as, and have been sort of this entire offseason, I've been looking at him as a guy that they count on being part of things, much like Dominic Kubalik was. It's a very similar situation between Kubalik coming into last year and Suter coming into this year. They both led their league in scoring. They have similar sort of skill sets. I think Kubalik is probably has a higher ceiling offensively, but if Suter can come in and maybe steal that number two center job, that fixes a lot of problems. And mm-hmm. I think you know, and I know Bowman wants to take credit and Cowton too, saying like, well, you know, the fact that we didn't use Kubelik on the power play is why he developed so well. Like, mm, <laughs> I don't know if it works that way, but that's sort of what they were saying. But they're going to have to try to get some of these guys in right away. And if, with Pia Suter at his age, at 24 years old, that to me is that's the first chance I'm taking. We're talking about taking risks, about doing things that maybe you wouldn't do uh, right away. I'm putting him in the top six right away and basically until he fails and maybe they had winger in mind for him, but don't forget all summer, Jeremy Cowan was doing interviews. I think it was Laz and powers that spoke to him this time where he said he likes Dylan Strome better as a winger. So that's an issue. Well, he may like him better as a winger, but he may not have a choice. 
Yeah, no, I don't think he does. I don't think he does at this point because you can't put, you know, Suter or Camp or unless you're going to put Lucas Walmark or if Soderberg can do it as your number one center, dude, that is a tough pill to swallow. That's really, really hard. And uh, I, I think they have to get Strom signed and they have to pencil him in at 1C again until he fails. Doesn't really, doesn't really look like they have a choice at this point. And I know that obviously this probably gives him at least a little bit of leverage, but even still, like the Blackhawks are not going to crack the piggy bank open, so to speak, to pay him a boatload of money right now, even with the injuries that they have. I think that Stan Bowman, knowing what he's done so far in this situation, it seems to me he'd rather just let Dylan Strome rot than pay him, you know, more than what the Blackhawks feel like they should or are able to pay him. And I'm not going to, well, you know, delve too far into that. That's on them to figure out. But it's definitely interesting that even with all of the stuff that's happened recently with Kirby Doc and with Jonathan Taves, the only thing they've done to address that center position, knowing those things as they've known them, is to bring in Carl Soderberg. They did not get the contract done with Dylan Strome. I think that might that might indicate something about the way that this team honestly feels about him. Yeah, and if you're looking for potential free agent help, um, you could probably cross that off too because I'm looking at the list of available free agents. Uh, the top three are Ryan Callahan, Nathan Horton, and David Clarkson. None of those guys have played hockey in a long time. Mike Hoffman is on this list, but he's got a PTO with the Blues. That's probably going to happen. It's just more of a technicality. Martin Hansel's a guy who hasn't played yet. Then you're talking about Clark MacArthur, Justin Abdelkader, Michael Bodker, 40-year-old Johan Franzen. Matt, like, there's no name. There's no help coming here. There's just not. So this is what it's going to look like, and I guess maybe that's for the best. I mean, the temptation might be let's try to make a trade or let's try to get some immediate help, but – there's nothing you're going to be able to bring in that's going to replace Jonathan Taves. And like we talked about yesterday, even if Taves was healthy without Doc, without Nylander, not that Nylander is a huge make or break guy, but without Kirby Doc for sure, you're not a competitor anyway. So I think they're just sort of best off, you know, dealing with things as they are, seeing what you have and using this period as a trial. And I'm very curious as to what maybe their taxi squad looked like last week versus what it looks like today i would love to be yeah. in that war room and just take a look at that <laughs> that dry erase board in stan bowman's office this is probably completely crossed out at this point because with all these top six guys out now you have to sort of change the way you approach it and uh i don't know we're, we'll see we're what two what are we 15 days away two from weeks hockey? from today i believe is the start of the regular season two weeks from today the puck drops on the 2021 nhl season and uh, this Hawks have a lot more questions and answers at this point. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a grind. But hopefully, uh, you know, what we do get out of this is some more opportunity for some young guys. And we get to see uh, maybe a little bit earlier than we expected uh, some growth and some development and some indications on what these young players are going to be. James, uh, are anything you, else you want to add before we wrap things up? Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> yes, Happy New Year to Blackhawks Nation. It's really been a great 2020. <laughs> At least we're all getting all the stuff's happening uh, in the calendar year. So maybe when things flip, everything will be better. Um, but uh, like I said, first and foremost, most important thing is Jonathan Taves uh, gets healthy 
and uh, hockey is secondary, of course, for a guy who's done so much for this team, this organization, and you know, especially recently for the city. Uh, our thoughts are with Jonathan, and I'm sure uh, I, I I echo those thoughts for most of Blackhawks Nation. Um, we are uh, thinking about you, Jonathan. I know he's listening. He's a big fan of the podcast. And uh, just I hope when, when he's ready, when he feels ready, he comes back uh, full bore and ready to go. But that's that's whenever that happens. Fine. Just just get healthy and, and do what's best for you and your family. And uh, and hockey takes a back seat as it should. All right. Before we wrap up, got to tell you about our friends at Fry the Coop, Oakland, Elmhurst, Westtown and uh, Prospect Heights coming soon to Tinley Park. Go get some of the best damn fried chicken, hot chicken, Nashville hot chicken you've ever had. Visit frythecoop.com to place your order, look at the menu, and arrange for your pickup. Uh, They have pickup windows, so it is very, very safe. They're taking all the protocols very, very seriously. So with that, we're going to wrap things up. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Our season previews will begin soon. There's just been so much breaking news, it's hard to even get those planned. But uh, the season's coming. Without Taves, without Doc, without Nylander, but it's still coming and we will be here for you every step of the way. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast was brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Marishka's and Crest Hill, Dr. Squatch, and by Fry the Coop. For all you foodies out there, I'm unwrapping a McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel. Ooh, look at this steak. And the juice running down the side. Got a little bit on the wrapper here. Mmm. And then the fluffy egg and real cheese folded over the side looking just so good. Mmm, mmm. Grilled onions and a butter bagel, too. Thumbs up for McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel for breakfast. Love it. Mmm. I participate in McDonald's. London Stock Exchange Group is here to be your essential global markets infrastructure and data partner, where open isn't just a platform, but a philosophy, giving you the freedom to make your mark in the world. LSEG. Open makes more possible.